Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show by mailing a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, that's P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And I want to thank Carl and Carolyn, as well as Jack, for supporting the program that way. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I want to welcome Devin on at the Chief of Detective level of $30 or more per month. And Jan at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. And today's episode is 22 weeks after the last episode, but towards the end of this long stretch of mostly missing episodes. The original air date, August 25th. 1952, and the title is A Stolen Treaty. Dangerous Assignment, transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Sabazai. Animal, vegetable, or mineral, or is it some songwriter's answer to digga digga do? It's a small village not far from Port Said, Egypt. An American, Tony Sherwin, was found there in an alley last night, more dead than alive. Tony Sherwin, that sounds familiar. Diplomatic courier. He was on his way to Port Said with a very important document, Steve. A signed treaty. Oh? As you probably know, we've been negotiating with certain Arab leaders for some time in the hope of preserving peace in the Near East. Yeah? How are we doing? Our mission has been in Damascus for months, conferring with the leader of the Arab group, a man named Ibn Kazir. Two days ago, he signed a treaty with us. The one Sherwin was carrying? Right. Now, that's missing. Well, look, Commissioner, can't we contact this Kazir again? Unfortunately, no. Ibn Kazir was found murdered this morning in Damascus. Uh Oh, probably by the same people who got the Sherwin, huh? No doubt. So, what happens to our agreement? It's binding. Provided we can recover the signed document. Check with the authorities in Port Said, Steve. They're bringing Sherwin to the hospital there. Port Said, right. Steve, the situation in the Near East is as dangerous as a grenade with a loose pin. We've got to get that document back, and get it back fast. The peace of the entire area may be at stake. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. 
Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. This is a film for it marks the return to the air of many of your favorite programs. Tomorrow evening, the Cavalcade of America once again will recreate incidents from our nation's history. Each week, Cavalcade of America will have stars from Hollywood and Broadway to portray our country's important historical personalities. So, for fine drama, presented in a most enjoyable fashion, be sure to hear the Cavalcade of America returning tomorrow evening to most NBC stations. Then on Wednesday, the big story comes back to the air following its summer vacation. The big story presents authentic dramatizations of the stories behind the screaming headlines in your newspapers. Hear the big story, returning Wednesday on NBC. Got my assignment. Get over to Egypt, and if a diplomatic courier named Tony Sherwin is still alive, find out what happened to a document he was carrying. A treaty signed by the Arab leader, Ibn Kazir. It's late Friday afternoon when my plane lands in Port Said. I pick up my luggage and make my way across the airport to the waiting room. Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah? Hannigan's the name. Chuck Hannigan, foreign correspondent. American, aren't you? That's right. Uh, I meet all the planes in the USA, just checking on the home folks abroad. Here on business, Mr. Uh... Uh, Johnson. Johnson, uh huh? Oil, maybe? Oil, maybe. You don't look like an oil man, really. Okay, you make the guess. U.S. government agent. Name Steve Mitchell. How's that? You seem pretty well informed. I have to be in my business. What paper do you work for? Right now, none. I goofed up a yarn. The Paris editor got sore. I called him a slob. That was 30. Unemployed, huh? Uh, make that freelancer. Sounds more dignified. Okay. What's on your mind, Hannigan? Tony Sherwin. Diplomatic courier gets worked over in an alley. All of a sudden, a cop in front of a hospital door. Nobody can talk with Sherwin. And you sure? Oh, just routine investigation. That's all, Hannigan. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's just routine, you mind if I tag along? Suppose I did mind. I'd tag along anyway. <laughs> well, that's what I figured. All right, bub. No sense taking two cabs. We'll take one and split the fare. Oh, I like you, G-Man. I like it. Ten minutes later, we pull up at the hospital. I leave my reporter friend in the lobby and go on up to Sherwin's room. If you're worrying about the papers, Mitchell, the treaty... Don't. It's okay. You stash it away, Sherman? Yeah. Back at Sabazai. It's a little whistle stop, about ten miles. Yeah, I know. There's a narrow, crooked street not far from the depot. How far? Two blocks. Can't miss it. Dead end. There's a fountain on the right, a courtyard, deserted. <laughs> the stuff's in there, under one of the stepping stones. Third one in, I think. Okay, I'll take care of it. Better be careful. You might have company. Sure. Uh, any idea who did this to you, Tony? No, no idea at all. Meet anybody on the train? Well, yeah, a girl, Italian. Yolanda Minetti. Met her through an American named Griswold. He was on the train, too. Friend of yours? Just an acquaintance. He's a tourist, ran into him in Damascus. Anyone else? Yeah, Zoltan. Victor Zoltan. Perfume salesman, quite a character. Yeah. He insisted we'd met in the States before. I didn't remember. I see. 
I think he was just trying to sell me some perfume. Okay, Tony, I'll take it from here. In the meantime, you'll... Yes? Oh, sailor, buddy, buddy. Oh. Hello, Mr. Griswold. Officer here says I can't come in. Told him we was old buddy, buddy. Oh, it's all right, officer. Yeah, thank you, sir. Well, now, lad, how are you? Read about this little accident of yours and papers come hustling right over. Mr. Griswold, Mr. Mitchell. Howdy, boy. Mr. Griswold. Lad here put one over on me, Mr. Mitchell. Told me he was a novelist. Novelist my eye George, diplomatic courier, more like. <laughs> How do you like that? Feeling kind of puny, are you, lad? Sort of. Here, brung you some magazines and some of the chomp on. Six. Here, have one yourself, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, thanks, but I'll pass. Loving myself, but the seed's getting teeth. Now, Tony, my lad, what's this all about? Somebody trying to do you in, huh? Get a look at the critter, did you? No, I didn't. Probably after some papers you was carrying, huh? Oh, see. <laughs> Guess I'm asking too many questions. It's huh? a government matter, Mr. Griswold. You understand, I'm sure. Course I do. Course I do. Sorry. I think I'll be running along, Tony. Hey, you do that, boy. I'll stay here and jaw with Tony for a spell. I'm afraid not, Mr. Griswold. Our patient here needs all the rest he can get. He's had a rough go of it. Oh. Well, you say so. Yeah. Well, chin up, my lad. Stout heart and all that. I'll keep in touch. And, uh, say. Yes? You mind? Uh, think I'll try one of those pigs after all. When we get downstairs to the hospital waiting room, I notice my reporter friend isn't around. Griswold and I go out on the street, and he wanders away, chewing on the fig, and I head in the opposite direction. Two blocks later, I get the feeling I'm being tagged. I slip around the corner and ease into a doorway. Hello, Mr. Griswold. What? Oh, oh, say, Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> Give me quite a start, sir. I thought you were headed toward the native quarter. It's that way. I was, I was. Then I run into... Uh, oh, oh, sorry, Mr. Mitchell. May I present my charming companion, Miss Minetti. Miss Minetti? How do you do, Mr. Mitchell? Sugarfoot here was on her way to the hospital to see Tony. Really? I understand from Mr. Griswold that no one is allowed to see him. That's right. There is a policeman at the door. Your orders, I believe. Right again. But, but why? Oh, a government matter, my dear. We shouldn't be asking too many questions. I see. Oh, uh, say, Mr. Mitchell... Miss Minetti and I are on our way back to the hotel for a bite of supper. Here, join us. Thanks, if Miss Minetti doesn't mind. Oh, no, not at all. Well, let's get going, then. Uh, a moment, Mr. Griswold. I have just remembered an errand. Oh, now, dear, you're not going to bust up our little party, are you? No. No, you two run along. I will meet you at the hotel in half an hour. Half an hour? Uh, say, Mitchell. Yeah. You wouldn't want to reconsider, would you? Reconsider? I mean about not letting anyone visit Tony. Well, I might. Why? Miss Minetti. She seems real eager to see the lad. Real uh, eager. Uh, does she, Mr. Griswold? Real eager. Okay, I'll think about it. That's the promise. Yeah, I think about it all right, and I wonder why Miss Minetti is so eager to see Tony. It's night by the time we reach the hotel. I check in and go on up to my room after telling Griswold I'll meet him in the bar in ten minutes. I'm grabbing a fast shave when the phone starts jangling. Hello. Hi, G-Man. It's Hannigan. Ah, boy reporter. What's on your mind? Got a little info for you, if you're interested. Okay, what is it? I'd like to work a little deal. Where are you? In the lobby. I'll be right down. Oh, look. 
Better be a private chat. Got a car parked in the alley, back of the hotel. Meet you there. Stairs, and then just as I reached the rear entrance, something crashes down hard against my skull and I pitch back a milk can. I try to get to my feet, and that's when the number two punch comes in. Oh, that does it. In just a moment, Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment. If you want your child to have the best elementary schooling you can give him, won't you get a pencil and paper to take down the address I'm going to give you at the end of this message? Unless we start preparing now, in a few years our public schools will be as behind the times as the Little Red Schoolhouse. Because of the high increase in our birth rate during and after the last war, it's estimated that by 1956... There will be some 7 million more children in elementary schools than there are now. We must start preparing at once. More equipment will be needed, textbooks, playgrounds, and above all, more elementary school teachers. To help assure your child a proper education, join and work with local groups and school boards. And for free information about how people in other communities are improving their schools, write to this address. National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools. 2 West 45th Street, New York 19, New York. That's National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools. 2 West 45th Street, New York 19, New York. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Sandy, Sandy, please. Are you dead or alive? What? Good, you are alive. How can you tell? Who are you? Uh, Mustafa. I work in the hotel kitchen. I had a big clatter and I ran out to the alley. And found me draped over these milk cans, huh? Oh, do not feel badly, Sandy. The cans were empty. You did not spill any milk. Oh, well, that makes it all worthwhile, then. You wouldn't by any chance have gotten a look at the gent who clobbered me, would you? Clobber? Clobber? What is clobber? Freely translated, it means hit on the head. Oh, well, as I came out of the door, I saw a man running down the alley away from here. I have seen him around the hotel many times. He's an American reporter. Wait a minute. His name wouldn't be Hannigan, would it? Yes, it would. So all of a sudden, my friendly reporter friend Hannigan jumps to the top spot on my suspect list. At this point, it looks like the opposition knows that Sherwin has told me where the document's hidden. That means I've got to get to it, but fast. Back in the lobby, I call the depot and learn that the next train, which will take me anywhere near the village of Sabazé, doesn't leave for two hours. That could be two hours too many. I decide to rent a cab or a car and go outside on the sidewalk to see if I can drum up one. Mr. Mitchell. Huh? Well, Miss Minetti. Oh, one of the reasons I wished to have dinner with you tonight was to speak further about the possibility of my visiting Tony Sherwood at the moment. I'm sorry, Miss Minetti, but I'm afraid ah, that... Ah, you landed, my dear. <laughs> oh, Mr. Zoltan. Really, Mr. Mitchell, I do not see what Won't that... Won't you is. introduce me to your friend, my dear? 
Mr. Mitchell, Mr. Zoltan. Uh, how do you do, sir, Mr. Zoltan? A dealer in rare perfumes at your service. Yes, it is very nice. Mr. Mitchell, I wish you would please reconsider about allowing me to visit Tony Sherman. Well, they think it best if he doesn't have any visitors for the present. Uh... Very well. Uh, Sir Egonis, what wouldn't I or you give if a charming young lady were that anxious to visit us, eh, Mr. Mitchell? Yeah. Well, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Zoltan, I... Of course. But please, if you're in a hurry, take my cab. Thanks, but I can get another one. Oh, I insist. Look, I just told you that I... Yes, Mr. Mitchell. As a matter of fact, I do insist. I... <laughs> you know, I kind of think that bulge in your coat pocket is a gun you're holding on me, Mr. Zoltan. Your presumption is entirely correct. So you're my boy. At this point, it would be much more accurate to say that you're my boy. Now, please, into the cab. I take it the driver here is your stooge. Quaintly put, Mr. Mitchell, yes. Asim is a very loyal, not too intelligent employee. Very well, Hassim. Let us go to a quiet little rendezvous where we may question Mr. Mitchell. Quiet. Circus. It is uh, Hassim's room. I admit it is not perhaps in the best of taste or condition, yet it will serve our purpose. Hassim, you will please seat our honored guest. Yes, it will be. Not exactly the polite way of seating a guest, Hassim. But effective. Look, you big ape. Mr. Mitchell, I strongly advise you not to hurt Hasim's feelings by referring to him in such uncomplimentary terms. He's quite sensitive. Yeah, I'll bet he has the soul of an artist. And of course, he is doubly zealous now because he failed to carry out his previous assignment where you are concerned. You were inconsiderate enough to fall into a stack of milk cans. The noise attracted the attention of a hotel employee and Hasim had to leave. It was Hasim who slugged me then, eh? All of which brings me to the point, Mr. Mitchell. And what's that? Tony Sherwin, diplomatic courier. As you know, he was carrying a very important document, one which, if it remains in existence, will create a situation in the Middle East which will not be favorable to those I represent. So your job is to destroy it, Exactly. But of course, first I must find it. And that is where you come in, Mr. Mitchell. Sherwin undoubtedly told you where he hid that document. Did he? Now, I'm sure you're intelligent enough to realize that the sooner you tell me where it is, the better it will be for everyone, particularly you. I'm sorry, Zoltan, but I'm not very intelligent about things like that. <sighs> I fear this much. I think... Oh, hey, look, that document isn't hidden behind my jaw. But perhaps your jaw may be loosened enough to tell us where it is hiding. I think... If you think I'm going to sit here and... Mr. Mitchell? Uh, Mr. Mitchell? My, my, Hassim. I'm afraid you overdid it.
don't know how long I'm in dreamland. When I start coming out of it, I realize I'm bouncing up and down. At first, I figure the big ape Hossim is working me over again. Then I hear an engine. I realize I'm jouncing over a rough road in the cab. It's night. Did I tell them where the document was hidden? No, I couldn't have, or I wouldn't still be alive. Ah, Mr. Mitchell. You're with us again. Yeah, lucky me. And just in time. Asim, there it is up ahead. There, what is? We are in the village of Sabazai, Mr. Mitchell. Ahead of us is a deserted villa. Tony Sherwin was in the vicinity of that building. I think perhaps the document was hidden around here somewhere. Possibly in the courtyard. Bomb guess. Is it? Get out. Now, you will lead us to it. And from your recent experience with Hassim, I think you know better than to try to stall further. Zoltan. What is it, Hassim? Over there in the shadows. I thought I saw someone. You're right. shots into the shadows. His eyes run off me just long enough so I can tee off and have him. No! I dive into the wall, courtyard, and slam the heavy gate just in time. No! I'm not, after him. I'm not sticking around to find out just who that was in the shadows. I reach the other side of the courtyard, pull myself up over the wall, and drop down into a narrow alley. I start pounding along it. Then, all of a sudden, an arm shoots out of the darkness and hooks me into a doorway. Hey, what? Relax. Ah, well... Well, Hannigan, the boy reporter, were you the one Zoltan shot at a couple of minutes ago? Yeah, I followed you here. Looks like I had a few wrong ideas about you. Yeah. You see, when you were talking to Sherwin at the hospital, I spotted Zoltan hanging around. I had him pegged for a long time as a foreign agent. Hmm, that's what you wanted to see me about in the back of the hotel, huh? Yeah. But I got there just in time to see Hossium slug you and beat it. I followed him, and eventually it led me here, right behind the three of you. So, now what? So now I've got to figure a way back into that courtyard. The document's hidden under the third stepping stone in from the gate, but Zoltman and Stewart are probably watching it like hawks and... What is it? I just thought of something. You got a car? Sure, around the corner. Fast enough to leave their cab behind? I don't want to make a clay pigeon out of you. Oh, look, that crate of theirs is about ready to fall apart. There's no danger there. But what's the gag? Suppose you get in your car, gun down the street and out of the village. They think we're together and follow me. That takes him off your tail long enough for you to grab the document, huh? I hope. Hannigan disappears into the shadows pretty soon. His car swerves around the corner, takes off down the street. I wait to flash past the courtyard. Sure enough, the cab takes off after it. I wait a couple more minutes. Then I work my way down the deserted street and ease into the courtyard. It's empty. I go to the third stepping stone in from the gate and pry it up. Yep, there's the document. I grab it, start to straighten up, but before I can, I hear the gate behind me creak. Then a very familiar voice. You see, Mr. Mitchell, two can play at your decoy game. I don't need a crystal ball to tell me Zoltan standing in the gateway behind me with a gun pointing at my back that he'd sent Hossim after Hannigan. And now, the document, please. I know as soon as I hand it over, I'm a dead duck. I have only one chance. The heavy gate opens in hand to the left. If I can picture in my mind exactly where it is behind me, I crouch there a second, then suddenly whirl and swing my arm toward it. My hand hits the edge of it and sends it into Zoltan. His shot goes wild before he can pull the trigger again. I nail him. Thanks for the gun. 
Me killed you? Yeah, I know, Zoltan. Doesn't seem fair, does it? I end up with the gun and the document, and you? <laughs> well, let's just say that you got the gate, huh? Our star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Earlier in the program, we reminded you about the return from vacation this week of both the Cavalcade of America and the big story. But that's only part of the fine lineup of great shows returning to NBC this week. Thursday evening brings the Roy Rogers Show and Father Knows Best, which, as you know, stars Robert Young. We know that you'll enjoy Roy Rogers' all-new programs of the West. There'll be singing by Roy, lovely Dale Evans, and the Whippoorwills, and adventure at the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. Robert Young will be getting into more family scrapes, too, when once again he tries to prove that Father Knows Best beginning this Thursday. But that's not all. Friday marks the return of your hit parade with Guy Lombardo and his orchestra. Your hit parade has always been a favorite of all America as it numbers your favorite musical selections. So remember, this week it's Cavalcade of America on Tuesday, The Big Story on Wednesday, The Roy Rogers Show, and Father Knows Best on Thursday. And your hit parade on Friday. Hear them all on the NBC Radio Network. Next week, Lisbon. Two guys gunning for each other with me in the middle. That will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Welcome back. When Hannigan says after the blow-up with his editor it was 30, it was a reference to the number 30 with a dash on either side, which is a symbol used by newspaper reporters when transmitting stories. It was particularly useful if they were sending a story uh, via t uh, telegraph or teletype. But it's still used to this day, and it's kind of become a symbol uh, associated with journalism. Uh, there was actually a movie Jack Webb made in 1959 that was called 30. And you can also say it's endurance in that it was also the title of the 2008 series finale of the TV series The Wire. I also loved Raymond Burr commenting on the lack of intelligence of his henchmen. And you just want some of these henchmen to say, you know, I'm standing right here. And it was particularly funny when a few minutes later he said, hey, this guy is really sensitive. Listener comments and feedback now. And Jackson will note along with his donation. Thanks for continuing with your wonderful work. Much appreciated. And then we have a note from Devin along with his Patreon pledge. Hi Adam, I used to listen to your show every night with my father when I was younger, but then the service he used started charging money and he couldn't afford it anymore. Fast forward 10 years later, I'm 21 now, and my father and I were talking and both remembered your show last week. We couldn't remember the name, so I had to Google detective radio show Boise, Idaho, because I always remember you saying that place. 
And it was the first thing that came up. <laughs> so I started listening to it again last week, especially when I'm going to bed. And it's helped my sleep problems so much because your show is just so comforting to me. So I had to show my support and gratitude for giving my father and I so many good memories listening to your show together. And also an early thanks for all the future enjoyment I'll be getting from listening. Well, thank you so much, Devin. I appreciate the note more than you could know. I don't know what service you were listening on all those years ago, but so much has come on the internet uh, over the last 10 years. And when I first started doing old-time radio podcasts uh, so many years ago, listeners used to email me and talk about their first time hearing old-time radio and how my show reminded them of that, how they had these experience listening with their parents to things like uh, the big broadcast with uh, Ed Walker or uh, when radio was with Stan Freiberg. And to think that I've been uh, doing this so long that someone who listened to my podcast as a kid has grown up and is now back listening just makes me feel really blessed and fortunate to be able to do this podcast for so long. And so I really appreciated your note. And I appreciate everyone who's made it possible for me to keep doing this for so many years. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Kelly. Kelly has been one of our Patreon supporters since July of 2017, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Kelly. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. If you're listening on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. All those great things that make the channel grow, as well as commenting if you enjoy the episode. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Dangerous Assignment, but join us back here tomorrow for Mr. Chameleon, where... It sure gets me, Mr. Chameleon. This whole thing is cockeyed. A man falls out of a window of their private dining room up there, and no one can even identify the body. Only I'm not sure he fell. That's why I'm here. Hey, look at this crowd. Yes, let's find out if there's anyone in it uh, who saw this thing happen. I'm Chameleon of Central Headquarters. Did any of you people here actually see the man fall out of the window? That's the window up there. See the one that's open? That's the window he jumped he from. He didn't jump. He was pushed. He was deliberately forced out of that window. What was that? Huh? What were you saying, young man? What do you mean, that man was pushed from the window? He was. I saw it, Miss Chameleon. I've been waiting to tell the police. I'm glad I got a chance to tell you what I saw before you go in there. Tell me everything you know. That poor devil was pushed. There's no question about it. Two pair of hands pushed him through that window up there. I saw them. Could you identify the people who did it? No. No, Mr. Chameleon, I, I couldn't do that. I only saw the hands. How did you happen to notice it? Well, I, I had some friends dining here at that restaurant tonight at the Blue Peacock. And as I was passing, I automatically glanced up. And there he was in the window. He screamed as they pushed him out. What's your name? My... My name? I'd rather not say. Call me... Call me John Smith. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram... 
dot com slash great detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.